Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, G, U corner, half back, flat, on two. Ready? Right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Good morning, Jake. How are you now? I'm doing great, Paul. How are you doing? I cannot complain. Jake, I enjoyed you tweeting this out last night. How did the Mariners survive those fake tough guy stares from the New York Yankees? They are lucky to have made it out alive. What an interesting end to yesterday's game. Uh, yeah, definitely an interesting end to the the Yankees game yesterday. And I can't quite tell if they were, you know, just throwing a hissy fit because Logan Gilbert had dominated them all game. Then you add Paul Seawald. Then Kendall Graveman comes in, and how dare he come in and throw just a little bit inside at either one of these players. I mean, how dare he do that to the New York Yankees? Um, and it's just one of those things, Paul, where it just really ticks you off that the that the Mariners missed this opportunity to sweep the Yankees. Yeah. It just goes to show that these, those guys are the worst, the absolute worst, fake tough guys all the way around. Uh, I mean, just get your stare game right. I mean, half the guys <laughs> out there, Paul, didn't even want to be out there. They were like, uh, can we go back to the – can we go back? Can we, get, can we get on the plane right now? I don't know why we're out here. Um, it's just an absolute joke. Rune, you know Dor's that one guy that you, you might go out in public with a group of friends and he's the one guy that's always like, wait a sec, dude, no, don't, no, 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 don't start something with that guy. We're all trying to have a good time here. Please – Please stop. So I would blame this entire thing on Rune Dor, but the Yankees' entitlement is definitely a factor here. So we're still waiting to see if Jamal Adams is going to get a contract extension. And, Jake, I only ask this question. I'm not that concerned about a Jamal Adams extension. I think it's going to come because the Seahawks really have no choice here, and I do think that they're probably going to give him more than expected. But I ask this because, much like I am annoyed with the New York Yankees, I'm also annoyed by seemingly every single couple, well, every single week, you'll see a post coming out of New York about, ooh, is there trouble in paradise? Usually from people who used to cover the Jets about these negotiations between Jamal Adams and the Seahawks. How contentious do you think they will end up eventually getting? Because this is, you know, negotiating for money, and sometimes they do get a little bit awkward, these conversations. Well, Paul, that's a great question because as of right now, I would tell you that it, it's not going to be contentious whatsoever. I think that the Seahawks and Jamal Adams very much realize, you know, uh, look, every negotiation is a business, but in terms of where these guys are standing, this isn't personal. This is business. And for Jamal Adams, he's trying to get every cent that he possibly can and use the leverage that he has over the Seahawks to be able to make that happen. I mean, this is a very unique situation. Normally in the NFL, as we've talked about, you have a position, here's your market. If you're going to get be the highest paid safety in the game, the most that you're going to expand that market is going to be around a million dollars. That is the tradition of how things usually go. Well, right now, Jamal Adams is trying to break that mold, break that tradition by expanding that market, not just by a million dollars, He's trying to do it by by two, three, four million dollars, and I think he's going to be around in the three million dollar range because right now it sits at about fifteen million. I think he's really going after that eighteen million dollar uh, mark there. There, and uh, I think the Seahawks 
Obviously, you're going to dig their heels in as much as humanly possible. These guys are one of the toughest negotiators in the NFL. Um, it's something that you really appreciate from them as a fan. It's also one of the things that drags out into these types of situations overall. So I'll be curious, Paul, as we get closer and closer to this deal, how much fireworks we end up do seeing as we get closer to training camp and into training camp. Um, because Jamal Adams, as we've seen, is not afraid to get in the mud a little bit when it comes to these types of situations. But I think overall, they both know that they want to, they, they, they want Jamal Adams here. Jamal Adams wants to be a Seahawk. It is nothing like that. They both love each other, but this is, this is about, you know, tough, hard negotiation. That is question one. And to wrap things up, Jake, this is interesting. Coming out of Gil Brandt this morning on the NFL Network, formerly a roster builder with the Dallas Cowboys, a legendary one at that. He, he has Jamal Adams ranked as his fifth most versatile player in the NFL going into this season. He's certainly versatile, especially with that ability to rush the passer. Question number two. Jake, a Bleacher Report article listed every NFL team's biggest mistake over the past five years. Certainly some debatable ones along the way. But when it comes to the Seahawks, I think they put together a pretty good answer here as far as their biggest mistake. They said that it's the Seahawks' first round and the picks that they have made over those five years. Jermaine Effetti, Rashad Penny, LJ Collier. I like Jordan Brooks. I don't want to put Jordan Brooks in there, but they put Jordan Brooks in there, and they probably were paying a lot of attention to those pro football focus grades that they put out on Brooks last year. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not looking so good, Jake, when you take a look at the first-round picks over the last five years. Has that been their biggest mistake, or is there something else maybe that's missing? No, it, it has been, and I agree with you. I would keep Jordan Brooks off of that list, no doubt. I think that he's going to have a monster year this year. Very excited to see what he ends up doing, but Paul... I mean, I would expand that past the first round. I would just say the draft in general over the last five years. So when you talk about, you know, Russell Wilson getting higher contracts, you, you talk about some of these guys that are squeezing your, your salary cap, uh, Bobby Wagner, well, it puts more pressure on your organization to hit in the draft. And when you're able to do that, then a lot of things end up coming through, with, through for you. Um, and typically – you look at the quarterback, right, that everybody wants, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, uh, the, the Russell Wilson of old, the, the rookie quarterback that you can capitalize on their cheap uh, contract and build around, build around them with a, with a, you know, heavy, talented roster everywhere else. Well, you got to flip that thought process when you have a legitimate bona fide, you know, top five quarterback in the league. And that's something that the Seahawks have struggled in. It doesn't mean that they haven't they haven't hit on anybody, uh, but it it means that their hit rate has been significantly less. And and I think that that's been a big part of the reason why this team has struggled, especially Paul defensively over the last four years. That transition from the Legion of Boom has not been seamless. And uh, and I think that that is something that as you look at. You know, that ranking, I don't think they're too far off from that assessment. They have had some success in the second round, and you look at Frank Clark or DK Metcalf, but yeah, the first round has not helped them out. If you had to pick between the two, actually check that. Just just answer yes or no for either of these guys. <laughs> Do you think either Rashad Penny or LJ Collier, either of those two, will get a second contract in Seattle? 
No, I don't. I don't. Either. I really don't. And if LJ Collier gets a second contract, it's gonna be it's gonna be a a, a very very team friendly vet you know veteran yeah. minimal type of contract. Uh, I don't see LJ Collier getting a big boost. I mean, maybe option. he's able to have a year like Quentin Jefferson did at one point in time and 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 get a little nice little payday uh, out in Buffalo for a couple years. But uh, I, I just don't see LJ Collier being that player. He improved from his rookie year. Thank goodness. I would love to see him take another step. I think it, I think they're going to rely on him to really rotate uh, inside and out from that five technique defensive end position to that three technique defensive end or de- defensive tackle position. I think he's going to play a lot of uh, defensive tackle this year. So they need him to continue to keep playing better. But I don't see him all living up to that filling of being a first-round pick type of talent. All right, Jake Heaps, question number three. And this one's a fun one. So Tyreek Hill did a foot race with Aaron Jones. He smoked him. Right. He smoked him. But then we saw DK Metcalf, and this is a guy that I know, Jake, that is very competitive. He's talked about your basketball skills, I believe, before. DK Metcalf <laughs> tweets, get at me next offseason, Tyreek Hill. I would love to see a race between those two. I don't know who would win. I know that Tyreek would get out of the gates very quickly. I also know that L- that DK Metcalf has the closing speed <laughs> to potentially make it very close by the end of it if we're talking about an 100-yard dash. Would it be possible for DK Metcalf to beat Tyreek Hill in a one-on-one kind of race? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I think it would be. I think this race would be neck and neck, and this would be really fun to watch, Paul. Because this is the fun part about you know the NFL and speed in general. As we've looked at, you know, and, and as we've looked at and evaluated the game for so long, is these are two completely different style of runners. I mean, just based off their size alone, you know, DK Metcalf is that long, powerful strider. You look at uh, Usain Bolt, you know, and, and really kind of how he changed the game in terms of, you know, I don't know if there's ever really been a sprinter that's been quite like his physical build and makeup that has been able to dominate the sport like he has. Uh, but you look at Tyreek Hill, you know, he's short, he's compact, he's got those quick feet ball, he's like a squirrel on the ground, It's, it's you know, it's, <laughs> as he's going through the ground. Whereas DK is just, you know, every step he's gaining ground. And and, uh, and so I think it would be two completely different styles, but uh, producing the same amount of speed and power. Uh, so, yeah, I would be all for that. Uh, I would uh, – w- w- what are the crazy things that we're paying for these days to, to watch on streaming services? We keep paying for boxing matches, Paul. What are we doing? I might, <laughs> I might uh, pay some pay-per-view to watch that that race right there i'd pay for it but we would need to have a bunch of guys racing there would need to be a lot of heats because you know we're talking about something with these boxing matches you're expecting to get like an hour's worth of entertainment if it's just a race you're i mean expecting it but paul do we ever get it i mean we're, we're, yeah. we're we pay for these matches and, and we got hey. ko's happening within the first 10 seconds jake i'm not paying for it i'm i'm, I'm too cheap i'm not paying to watch one of these paul <laughs> brothers get in a fight and get clobbered <laughs> by some actual fighter you know, you, you've seen DK Metcalf in person. You're, you've been on the same field with him, just watching him, I would imagine, with all these Russell Wilson workouts and practices. 
Is he the mm-hmm. fastest football player that you have ever seen, or is there somebody else that maybe comes to mind that actually is faster than him? Well, I've been around people who have been faster than him, and actually last year, funny enough, uh, that person I had high hopes for and just never saw the field, and that was Philip Dorsett. Oh. Um, it, that guy can flat-out fly, and unfortunately we just didn't see him last year. But, you know, DK, the combination, Paul, of Speed and power is something I have never seen before, and his ability to um, his ability to get in and out of the breaks, his ability to uh, drive and use that power to his advantage. I mean, it is easily the most intimidating guy I have seen. You know, coming at you. Uh, and so I, I, think I love that. Oh, it's it's <laughs> it's insane. So I think. When you're looking at DK and what he's able to do and what he's able to accomplish, I can't wait. I, I, I you know, I've continued to make these proclamations, Paul. You know, after rookie minicamp, the first time I laid eyes on DK, I sent out a tweet saying this guy's going to be a major impact player's rookie year. Got flack for that. Uh, the following year, said he's going to be a Pro Bowler. I really think DK takes it to another level this year as well, and, and he becomes an All Pro. So. Uh, I just think that this is going to be a really nice match and mar- a marriage between, you know, Shane Waldron, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf. They obviously got to go prove it on the field, but in just in terms of the variety of different ways to get this guy the football and not let what last year did happen to DK, I think that that's what Shane Waldron is going to be able to provide is is not just not just trying to attack in one way, but being able to get him the ball in a number of different ways. A lot of things to get excited about for 2021. We're getting so close to football, and I'm so looking forward to it. Jake, thank you so much. I can't wait for you guys on Jake and Stacy and your sit-down with Logan Gilbert this afternoon at 1 o'clock. Yeah, fired up about that. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a blast. I can't wait to talk to him. And, and uh, you know, we'll see if we can break him out of the, uh, the shell a little bit in terms of, you know, he's such a dialed-in kid. Um, you know, hopefully we can get that personality out as well. But, man, it was fun to watch him last night, huh, Paul? It was. It was. Please try to get him to talk trash about the New York Yankees. I know it might be hard, but th- that always <laughs> brings joy to my heart. Jake, thanks so much, you man. You got it. I'll, I'll do my best. You got it, man. Absolutely. Keep holding it down, Paul. I'll man, keep holding a, it down. Tough-